This is the Shape America podcast, hosted by Colin Brooks and Matt Pomeroy, making 50 million strong by 2029. Welcome to the Shape America podcast. I'm Matt Pomeroy, and I'm here with you today, and soon we'll be getting to the technology podcast, and our panelists, Jorge Rodriguez and Matthew Bassett, will share some great insight on the why and how of putting a, and implementing technology into your classes. First, like, let's take a quick look at some great things that are happening with Shape America. Don't forget to register to join us for the Shape America National Convention and Expo. The premier professional development event for health and physical education professionals will take place in Nashville, March 20th through 24th. That's right. The National Convention and Expo will be held in Music City. Stephen Ritz, all right, an educator and innovator, will keynote Wednesday's general session. Get ready to be electrified. He's known to inspire his audiences as to what is possible when you have hope and when we're resilient. An internationally celebrated educator, Ritz has transformed students' lives through his Green Brox machine. It's a school-based model that is helping students thrive by teaching them how to grow, cook, and eat, and share the rewards of their green classroom. Thursday, Olympic gold medalist Benita Fitzgerald Mosley will kick off the day, keynoting the general session. The chief executive officer at Lareus Sport for Good Foundation USA will discuss using sport to improve health, education, employment, and social cohesion of disadvantaged youth around the world. Don't forget, make your case to attend the Shape America uh, National Convention with the Justification Toolkit. Inside the Justification Toolkit, you'll find funding ideas, a template letter to use when reaching out to your supervisor, and talking points on how this national convention experience will improve your teaching and lead to better learning in the classroom. You can find the toolkit on the convention website, as well as the preliminary schedule. Early bird ends February 7th. Head to the convention.shapeamerica.org to register today, and we'll see you in Nashville. Webinars and online courses, remember, they're on demand anytime, anywhere. And again, take a look at the Shape America Online Institute. It really makes it easy for K-12 health and physical educators to earn and track professional development contact hours. Take advantage of self-paced, effective professional development on your timetable. Go to Shape America's website, click on Professional Development, and you'll find it right there. And last but not least, podcast, our February show. It's going to be special. Can't wait to uh, announce what it is, but we're going to wait until it's revealed in February. It's a new um, series that we're kind of starting off and kicking off here, so tune in. And uh, if you don't subscribe to this podcast, make sure that wherever and Whatever site you use to listen, you subscribe. So if it's on Apple Podcasts or through Podomatic or Stitcher or whatever else, wherever else you listen, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And again, we'll have Action Pack and more Reflections podcasts coming. We've got so, so many just kind words and great feedback from it. And don't forget that if you want to ask questions or give us any feedback, feel free to email us at podcast at shapeamerica.org. You know, we always enjoy hearing your thoughts and um, if you'd like to have your 
you know, voice heard on the show, we'd appreciate you going to iTunes and leaving us a rating there. And again, we'd love to share your thoughts about how the show, uh, about your thoughts on the show on the next podcast. And again, thanks for considering and now on with the show. Next up, our amazing panelists are going to talk technology on the Shape America podcast. Please remember that this is a part two and there was a great discussion on technology on part one as well. So if you haven't tuned into that, make sure you do. Here's Colin and Stephanie picking up where we left off last time. So as I was saying, or just as both of you were saying earlier, you know, or or Matt, I'm trying to remember who, but we're talking about growth mindset and, you know, how important, you know, Matt, you were just mentioning that you felt like you abandoned it early. And, you know, sometimes that happens, but like, it's all about sticking with it and, and working with tech. And I, I just for me, like, I don't like, I'm not like, like, I love technology. I think I'm decent at using it, but it all boils down to just like me not really essentially giving up on using it. I guess you could say like just continuing trying to, to mold it to how it works for my students. Um, and you know, have you both had similar experiences to that where, you know, you've kept working with something and it's, it's kind of worked in the long run for you. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think it's, it's, it's definitely important to have a growth mindset, uh, when it comes to technology. And I think it's also important to, to, you know, manage your time wisely. So if there is a, an app or a piece of technology that's just, just taking way too long, um, I think I think now with social media and things like Voxer, Twitter, you know, Google Hangouts even, uh, you have all these physical educators out there um, that are willing to help you with pretty much anything. Uh, like, for instance, with Idacio, I, I, I downloaded that app a long time ago and I never used it. And I never used it. And um uh, I kept thinking like, well, I'm, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to learn how to do it. And I just never did because it was just too confusing to me. It didn't make sense. Um, and and Nick Spencer, uh, Mike Graham, you know, they really helped me out a lot. We, we set up a Voxer chat and they really helped me out a lot as far as, you know, how to get started with the app and uh, and start using it. And so if it wasn't for them, then I don't know if I would have ever actually opened up the app and taken the time to actually use it because the, the, the it, it wasn't there for me. You know, I, I wasn't at the point where um, I, I needed that app so much that I had to dive into it, right? So there's a need that's involved as well. Uh, but it was, if it wasn't for them, then I don't know if I would have, if I would have gotten into it. But that's another, that's another thing that people need to kind of take into account that there, there's this huge physical education uh, community out there that's willing to help you with pretty much anything. And if you have a question, there's people out there who have, who have gone through the trial and error and are willing to help guide you through that, through that, um, through that learning process, which is really important. Yeah, I think uh, Jorge was talking about it. Just keep asking questions of people. Uh, keep learning yourself and how to use it. Uh, I also look at make sure you come back to it later. Uh, you know, I don't have any qualms against uh, Seesaw. Uh, in fact, I want to get back into it. Uh, but sometimes the timing just doesn't work. Maybe it's the students that you're working with. It's just not quite clicking with them. I think the key for anything is just persistence. Keep at it. Keep working. Uh, I love the old thing that came across Twitter a few years ago. Fail means frequent attempts in learning. Uh, and just keep failing forward and keep going. Yeah, I completely agree with you guys. Am I, is my echo okay? All right. 
I completely agree with you guys. Um, and Jorge, you brought up, you know, the whole community thing. That's, and I'm going to go back to my clickers example because that's what I happen to be focusing on this year. But if it weren't for the community kind of just working on that clickers thing and that magnets and, you know, thank goodness for Mike Ginicola and putting that out there and then Joey taking it up and improving it and then just everybody else just making little bits of improvement like adding numbers, adding the little sticky things to make sure it's, you know, easier for the kids to grab, like every little addition and improvement to those little clickers magnets like was like amazing. And I mean, the more improvements that were happening, the more I bought into it and I'm like, okay, this can actually work. Um, let me see how I can use these and even improve it to work for my class. So it's, yeah, the community is amazing and I can't even begin to explain um, how helpful and how beneficial it is for us as teachers to connect and be able to kind of brainstorm with each other and talk it through with each other and, you know, get some ideas to get the ball rolling. So it's, it's awesome and I'm really glad you brought that up. So moving on, what? Yeah. So, so if I could, if I could just piggyback off of that, uh, just for a second, um, it, the Plickers magnets is a great example of the community coming together and like making those little incremental improvements, like you were talking about. Because you know, I use Plickers, but they were just they were just the cards. You know, they were the I, I printed them on cardstock, and there was just the cards. And then I remember that conversation on Voxer and on I think it was on Twitter as well, where Mike. Uh, you know, it was very crafty and he made these little plickers magnets and he glued the magnet on and he did the whole the whole nine. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do all that, though. You know, it's really cool, but I'm not going to do all that. It's way too much. And then um, Wendy Jones on Boxer uh, showed us how she printed them out on on uh, magnet paper. And I was like, magnet paper, that's genius. And so I went to my uh, uh, Home Depot right down the – or Office Depot, I'm sorry, right down the road. And they had magnet paper for like 10 bucks. And I was like, I'm doing this tonight. And so I went home, printed them off on magnet paper, used them the next day. So instead of, you know, having my solo taxonomy where the kids actually were putting up stickies, I changed it up with uh, Plickers magnets. And and like you said, those, those little incremental um, – uh, adjustments and improvements to that that whole process was a game changer. So I jumped in when I found it when I found it to be beneficial for me, you know. And that's I think is the point of technology as well. Like you jump in when it's beneficial for you, and there's people that have paved the way for you, you know. And there's always those there's always those people who are uh, the 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 first adopters, those initial adopters, and they're they're at the forefront of all this technology, but but then there's this whole group of people that follows them that make the, make those incremental um, uh, improvements to the technology, and that's huge. And this physical education community is is awesome at that, more so than any other community that I've seen. I, I just it's it's amazing how how people share and help each other out constantly. It's awesome. Completely agree. Yeah, definitely. And that goes for anything. I mean, not just technology. Um, it goes for you know different models that we're using. I know when you guys made that TGFU chat on Voxer, that was huge because it started off with, you know, asking a couple of questions a day um, over the textbook you were reading. And then it just transformed into people sharing their 
their lesson ideas are like, I don't know, if, is, is this right? Should, you know, what should I add to make it more TGFU-like? What do you guys think? And it just kept evolving. And it, I mean, it's amazing. And I love that it transforms not just, you know, at one topic technology, so to speak, but it goes for, you know, across the board phys ed. It's, it's awesome to see. And what's and what's cool is that you see the blending of these like conversations and these and these uh, like chat groups. So we have we'll have a technology chat group where we're talking about you know how to use clickers, but then that goes into assessment, and then assessment goes into solo taxonomy, and then solo taxonomy can connect to TGFU. So it all just kind of melts together, which is super awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to move on here. Um, what apps or programs? Are using for yourself or perhaps classroom management organization time management so I mean there's various apps out there and how are you guys using it for you to help you in the classroom um, I use the basic timer on my phone all the time whether it's a stopwatch or a, a countdown timer uh, team shake is probably my favorite app I don't have any problems with my students getting grouped anymore uh, once I plug in the names, it kind of tell them I want two people per group or I want three groups, and it'll do it for me. Uh, I have a bunch of things that I do with QR codes, uh, so I need a QR code scanner uh, for my students. Uh, I tend to make a lot of my flyers using Comic Life now. Uh, it's just a really easy app to use, uh, really great app. They're also very awesome with helping you out when you need it. Uh, my favorite app for video analysis is BAM Video Delay because the students don't have to do anything. Um, I also like to use uh, Create Movies. iMovie is a really good one, but I've also used Educreations and Explain Everything. Uh, and I also use the Google Apps for Education a lot. Uh, specifically, Google Forms have been something that I've been using an awful lot lately. Um, and I use uh, fitness apps with my students as often as I can. Uh, I use things like Lazy Monster, Daily Workouts, Make Dice, Sorkit Kid, 7-Minute Kid Pro and decide now are just a few of the ones that I use. And then we've talked about it already tonight, but clickers as well. Yeah, and for me, um, as far as like apps that I use for, for myself in classroom management, I, I think for organization purposes, uh, Idacio is the one that I'm going to this year. Um, and it's been it's been really cool. I'm, I'm really happy with it. I use Class Dojo, um, as Matt said, all the Google apps. I, I, I love those. Um, I, I like paper. Um, it's 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 uh, I, I use that to make different kind of graphics and things like that. Paper. I think it's by Fifty Four. I think that's what it's called. Um, that's a really cool app. All the graphics and things that I make, posters and things, I, I use Canva. So I use the app with that, and then I also use the um, the, the version on the computer as well. Uh, Seconds Pro, I use Seconds Pro all the time for stations and rotation stuff and, and that kind of stuff. Spotify for my music. Um, and I just downloaded a new app today that I'm excited I'm excited about. I trialed it a long time ago, and I downloaded it today because it had a really cool sale. It's called Brain FM, and Brain FM is um, um, it's supposed to help you like focus and relax, and there's meditation involved and things like that. Uh, and they had a really great like like uh, Black Friday sale, so I jumped on that. Um, so Brain FM is another one that I'm excited to get into. Sweet. You know, there's so much, <laughs> it's always like app overload. You know what I mean? So I really think that it just says the health of the physical educator, you have to like, it's all trial and error. And 
the world is a personalized world, and we can give you lots of ideas and suggestions, but it's really you trying them out and figure, what, figure, you know, figuring out what works for your students in your environment. I, I just have to give another plug to Canva. It's, uh, it's a, essentially, a lot of it's free. Uh, some of the stuff is, it costs money, some of the backgrounds and so forth, but there's ways around that. Canva is a great cloud-based um, cloud-based you know design studio is what i'd call it it's free so just go to canva.com and check it out there's so much you can do on there you don't have to be good at design to use canva um just a few other things i want to throw out there as far as like free hd high definition photos um that you don't have to worry about giving people credit to you don't have to go to Google images and worry about ripping someone off. You just go to unsplash.com. There's thousands and thousands of photos there for free that you can use um, for your classroom, which is fantastic. Um, and just an app that I'm that I used last year, um, Calm.com. Um, Calm is a is a great app. It is a it is a, a subscription. Um, however, Calm for teachers is free, and what Calm does is uh, basically it's a mindfulness application, and it's awesome. It's great. Um, and if you go to their website or if you just Google Calm um, and put teacher, they'll take you to a place you just fill out this quick application. They'll get back to you, no questions asked, and it'll be all free. So there's just a, a few apps that um, that I suggest that, that you as a health or physical educator check out or some few programs. Now, kind of moving on to – yeah, we're t- still talking about apps, and you know, and we brought this up. We brought Plickers up a few times. Uh, so, But is there any other – applications, programs uh, that you both would suggest to others to get rolling with assessment? Well, for me, yeah, I mean, like you said, we we, uh, we brought up Plickers a couple times. Uh, the Plickers magnets have been a game changer for me because it, it's a great way for your students to self-assess um, and, and kind of tell you where they are in their learning journey. Uh, which is fantastic. Idacio has been huge for me. Um, it's a great, it's a, it's a really easy uh, to, to, to do like formative assessments with Idacio as well. And then uh, last year I used Seesaw, which I think I'm going to bring back in, in the second semester. Uh, Seesaw is a great uh, way to, for, for students to curate their own digital portfolio. It's, fant- it's a fantastic tool. It's all free, and it's really, really easy to use. It's, a, it's the easiest digital portfolio tool that I've, that I've seen out there. So Seesaw is definitely another one that I would recommend. Yeah, I'm going to continue with the Plickers trend tonight. Um, I use it for a couple of things. First of all, is I'm using it for self-assessments. Uh, and the second thing I'm using it also for is to check for components of the critical skills or the critical aspects, asking a question of what foot do you step with when doing an overhand throw and then having the Plickers answer uh, based upon maybe a picture that the students can see. Um, I also have started using Google Forms a lot, and I will um, have my students stay in their classroom briefly to take a quiz. Uh, on the cognitive connections to skills. And what's really been cool is I've been able to learn and how to use um, the new feature in Google Forms that started this year is to be able to self-grade them so the students can actually get feedback as soon as they're done uh, with their, their test or their quiz. Um, and I also use video, uh, try to use BAM video delay as much as I can. Uh, doing video analysis, have them look for specific criteria when they're able to look at what they did on the screen. Uh, so those are just three ways that I use my assessments. Those are all really good, and I know 
for myself, I'm focusing on the plickers aspect. Once again, bringing it up. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm plugging plickers here now. So how do you guys um, get this information out to your parents? Your assessment, your assessment data, how do you then communicate that to your parents? Because I know that's, that's another step in the direction we want to head. We want to let our parents know hey, this is how your student's doing in PE and want to have that open communication with them um, and let them know, you know, what we're all about, what the student's learning, and how they're progressing in their classroom, in your classroom. Um, my school, we have started using uh, the Illuminate grading scale. So I would say the first thing is uh, I'm using Illuminate to let them know. I realized a few years ago that I took all of my Illuminate data from my gradebook and I was able to put it into an Excel file. I used the Excel file to do a mail merge to create a specific comment for each of my students. Uh, my comments uh, for the parents, it, they get really in detail about what they need to be working on, how they did, uh, but it's actually fairly simple to generate those comments once I get used to the whole mail merge thing. Um, I used to also use Remind uh, a few years ago with my students. I was a heavy user for that for two or three years. My school moved away from Remind this year and have been using something called Parent Square this year. Um, it's a nicer program. Uh, the tech team actually put all of the email and contact information for all of our parents in. So I've had a lot more success with getting parents involved. And I can send out a message to specific parents or a group of parents and let them know what's going on in class and what I need to work on. Um, I've used things like iMovie videos and newsletters to kind of also relay information to the parents as well. Uh, and those are things that also, if I keep up to them, they also look really good during our open house time uh, when I have, you know, 10 different videos that the parents can see of the 10 things that we've worked on this year or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, and for me, um, I, we have a, a school communication uh, like network, I guess. It's uh, called Living Tree, and um, I guess it's kind of like a closed network where teachers post, you know, newsletters, videos, things like that. Um, in addition to that, I, I, I like using social media as a, as a means of communication with the, with the teachers as well. And um, as far as like grades and things like that. Uh, um, Again, when I used Seesaw, that was a great way to communicate with parents because they could see, um, you know, pictures and videos of, of their of their student or of their child, uh, you know, doing the different activities. And it's a, it, it's again, it's so easy to use that the students can curate their own port portfolios. So it's really powerful when the when the parent sees their child, you know having a meaningful reflection on an activity and really finding out what's going on in, uh, in, in PE class in their own words. And so, um, um, like I said, I used that all last year and I'm going to get back into that in the second semester of this, of this year, uh, because I, I, I do think it's a really powerful tool. Uh, so those are some of the ways that I communicate with my parents. So the fact that you guys are using what you have to get the message out and get the data out to your parents is so much better and so much more meaningful and valuable. And um, I mean, 
it even elevates our profession like hey this is what we're doing it's it's maybe not what you're used to or what you you know experienced when you were younger it's it's you know it's it's changing and it's evolving and it's it's quality PE and that's amazing that you guys are getting those getting that out there to your parents and showing them what what their child's doing and it's awesome that Jorge your kids have a say in what they're sharing and you know they get it gets to come from them and I, I'm sure your your students value that so much because you know it's hey they're they're displaying what their their work is they're proud they're like hey look what I did you know, this is awesome. So, yeah, to kind of, and to kind of, and to kind of add to that a little bit, it's it's you know when you're when you're talking about the stakeholders, they're like the ultimate stakeholder, right? And so that's why that's why it, I, I think what I, I think what I'm trying to do more so with technology is merge like the two. Uh, so so having the kids be able to. Um, um, talk about where they are in their learning journey, and then and then using technology to kind of organize organize that. So, for instance, again with the Plickers magnets, if you have solo taxonomy and a visual rubric going, where the students inform you where they are on that visual rubric, and then give them opportunities to move up that visual rubric, well, that's great. But now you have to record that, and then I would have to record that for thirty separate classes. And so, how do I deal with all that paperwork? And technology or Plickers magnets are quick and easy way to do that and so when you merge the two together that's where the real like you know the learning happens and the communication happens and all that all you know all the great stuff happens um because again it's student-centered the students are, are informing you where they are and then it, it, it the, the, the tool is helping you organize all that together and then be able to communicate that to the other stakeholders yeah i think that uh, what technology is really good for is it's a major ag- advocacy tool for yourself uh, it's a way to connect so that parents can actually enter your classroom. And that's what I think the most exciting part is watching like Will Potter and what he's been doing with uh, Take Your Parents to PE Week and that he has all of these resources now that these videos that are out there that he's been able to share with his parents. And, you know, he started doing a video newsletter this year. And it's just really cool to see uh, how parents will rally around you when they realize, wow, you are a really good teacher and you actually are learning. And it's it's just a tool for us to be able to to show people what our class really looks like. You know, there's so many different parts of technology that we can, you know, implement to, to make us better teachers. And to, like you're saying, to advocate for yourself or giving our, our students voices. Um, you know, and it just makes me think, it's like, now that I'm, pursuing my, my PhD and working with undergraduates, we talk a lot about growth, which is a good thing. And, you know, everyone should always do that. And it's just like any other growth. It's this continuum, you know, that's the, the you know, technology continues to evolve and we need to continue to evolve with it and the ways and that we use it. So it's awesome to hear all those different ways of appropriate use of technology and the ways that you're using it. And I'm sure there's going to be, you know, there's a lot of listeners right now that are listening that are like, well, you know, this is how I do it and I can implement how you do it and this and this and that. And that's what's great about our community. And, and, you know, just another thing we were, that you were hitting on earlier. So um, question for you both that I, th- I think a lot of people have, and it's, just like how do you stay current with you know with technology trends and I guess for us in, in this a podcast right now maybe like it's easy for me because I love it so like 
um, you know, outside of just an absolute love or a passion for technology, I guess like how do you suggest to those people that know it's important, um, but you know, I was like, it's not my first priority. What would you suggest to them? Well, I, I think for me, again, getting on social media and being a part of the physical education community is huge, you know. But then not only staying in that physical education community, but looking looking elsewhere, and not only in education, but you know, just just what's going on, what's going on in technology, and what's what, what you know, certain technologies that are trending. Um, Voxer is huge. We have a physical education technology group on Voxer that I'm on all the time, and they're always talking about new technology in there. Um, so it's, it's so it's not just me looking for new things. It's a community looking for new things and then sharing those new things. So that's huge to leverage that. Um, and then you know, I, like you said, I, I'm a fan of, of new technology. So I, you know, I, I check the the technology websites like Engadget and The Verge and things like that. Um, watch videos on the new stuff that's coming out and I just kind of keep my ear on that uh, just to see what's new and I always look at things with an educational lens you know what I mean so even if it's not meant for education or physical education um, I'm always looking to see like how can I use that in my class so for instance uh, virtual reality well there's very few virtual reality apps that um, that involve movement and things like that but I'm but I'm also looking at well how can a student get into a virtual reality scenario and then um, and then think about like like strike it in fielding games in this particular uh, scenario or one of the stations that I used in, in one of my lessons was uh, when we were doing um, net and wall games and I had a virtual reality station where the kids were playing uh, that wall breaker game where you where you kind of have to hit a ball and it breaks a piece of the wall and so yeah it's a little bit of a stretch uh, <laughs> as far as a net and wall game but they were looking at angles and they were looking at you know force and things like that which translates to a net and wall game so I'm always looking at things with a with a physical education lens yeah, for me, I always look at uh, social media and try to see what people are doing. Um, I know Jorge is one of those people that I look to a lot and see what he's doing. I know that both Colin and Jorge have been into uh, augmented reality before, and I've looked at that and like I can see the potential. I can see how amazing it is. I just haven't jumped in on trying to learn it. Uh, I look to those early adopters, and I, I basically look at, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I didn't think of it. That's usually how I answer that. Um, I also like to go to conferences and workshops. There's a lot of times where you can get information from them uh, directly, and you can learn little pieces. Uh, when I go to an hour-long session at our state conference, um, I'm looking for one or two things that I can implement that would be new for me. Uh, so those are what I do for just trying to keep into current trends. And speaking of augmented reality, and I know we brought up Canva earlier, um, was it you, Colin? They tweeted tweeted uh, uh, recently about Canva including augmented reality. I did not, but that's news. I've been just in a, the books too much, man. I, I <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw that on Twitter. Just I, I think either today or yesterday. That's, that's so amazing. that's pretty cool. I'm definitely yeah, going to check, check that, that out. out. Awesome! Right when we get done here, I'll have to check that out. But. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, hey, so, you know, we're getting ready to close this thing down. So can can you both, do you have any final thoughts you want for the for the, the listeners out there as far as technology and health and physical education, anything that you want them to know? 
Uh, I mean, yeah, for me, just kind of reiterating what I said before is don't be afraid to to try. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be intimidated by uh, technology you don't know about. Um, there's a huge physical education community out there. There's a huge education community out there that is just waiting to help. So, you know, leverage those those resources to your advantage and, and don't be afraid to try something new. Yeah, I think for me, I just reiterate to start small. Uh, and a lot of people seem to think that technology is a super hard thing. Uh, I don't think it's as hard as people make it out to be. And like Jorge just said, don't be afraid to fail. Just kind of keep moving forward and figuring out what you can do. Nice, guys. Well, I mean, this conversation has been so substantial, and we've covered so many um ends of technology and it can spread quite far and you know it, it goes for you know our students it goes for our stakeholders and it even goes for ourselves when we're doing professional development and connecting with each other so it just goes to say how powerful it can be when we're using it appropriately and when we really dive into it and although you know, some people might be hesitant or whatnot. It's it's always worth a try, and like you guys said, um, it's about taking that first initial step and experimenting with it. You know, if it doesn't work, you know, we'll try it again some other time, or just you know, let it go and come back to it when it fits. So um, it's it's it really goes to say how powerful this all can be, and it can really benefit and be meaningful in our phys ed classes. So I'd like to thank both you, Jorge and Matt, for spending the time with us today and um, talking tech with us. It's been so awesome. Um, and all the listeners, I'm sure, are getting so much golden nuggets from this podcast. So um, we also want to thank Shape America for allowing us to do this with, with you guys and giving us the chance to get to know you a little bit and get to know your craft. So um, it's an amazing opportunity and we just thank you. You guys are amazing. So it's been it's been an awesome time spent right after Thanksgiving. Well thank you. Thanks for having us on. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you for having us on. This was really cool. All right. Yeah. Thanks very much, gentlemen, for joining us today for another couple episodes of the Shape America podcast. And we'll be back with some new content uh, uh, here shortly. Um, And enjoy those health and physical education classes, everyone. All right. Take care. All right. That's going to wrap it up for these technology podcasts. Again, thanks for tuning in and learning with us, you know, Colin and Stephanie and myself and our guests here, uh, Matt and Jorge, and just appreciate them being a part. And Again, got lots of other great things coming up for you in February. It's still a secret. We've got a new uh, series coming on the Shape America podcast. So um, this could be an exciting one. Uh, We're really, really, you know, just kind of pumped to bring it for you. But we are going to keep it a guessing game as of right now. Um, You're just going to have to make sure you're subscribed to that podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And, um, you know, so you do know that it's coming your way and, like I said, it's going to be a really good conversation. Uh, we're, we're excited about bringing it to you. So um, other than that, there are those action-packed podcasts still coming up. And uh, we've got reflections coming up as well for all months. And hey, we're really looking forward to you know, seeing it at the national convention real soon, coming up on March 20th through the 24th. So can't wait to see you all there. And 
Now, without a further ado, I'm going to close it out for this podcast. And again, I'm Matt Pomeroy, and I just want to thank Colin and Stephanie for taking care of this one and, um, you know, being a part of that. And everyone out there, uh, we just want to say have a great time and happy teaching.